Hey y'all, welcome to the first episode of Whiskey, Sage, and Sass, my crazy-ass homesteading adventure. If you can't tell by just that little introduction, we're not your typical, well, I'm not your typical homesteader. Um, I like to cuss, I like dirty jokes, and I like my electronics and to play video games. So if any of that bothers you... You might want to find somewhere else to hang out because I'm not going to be it and I'm not going to make any apologies for me being me. So let's get into my name here and why I chose Whiskey, Sage, and Sass as the homestead or as this podcast name. So whiskey is actually not necessarily for me, although I do enjoy some good whiskey. I'm a really a tequila girl at heart, but my human... Hi, Bella. I've got dogs joining me, you guys. Sorry. My human uh, is a huge whiskey drinker, and he likes the fancy shit. I mean, like, the the stuff that's a lot of money, which is not my usual thing. Well, it wasn't until I met him. Now I appreciate it, as long as he gets it. Um, But that's what the whiskey is for. Sage. Now, I know many of you guys are probably thinking the herb sage, but out here in Montana, which is where I homestead, we have this thing called sagebrush, and if you're anywhere in the high desert, you know, California, just like the Midwest and over, you, you've got some sagebrush that you're dealing with, and that is what it is about. <laughs> it is either a nuisance or a good thing, however you look at it. Um, I choose to see it as a good thing. In fact, I named my whole farm after it. My farm is Sage Meadows Farm because we have a shit ton of sagebrush in the farm. <laughs> And it takes up a lot of our pasture land, and it's a pain in the ass to pull out of the ground, but I appreciate it. Especially after a big rainstorm or thunderstorm here. Man, there is nothing better than the smell of sagebrush after a rainstorm. I'll open all my windows in the house and just sit there and enjoy it or go sit outside if it's not too nasty or anything. It's it's just amazing. And so, yeah, that's where the sage comes from. Sass, well... I like to think I'm sassy. I'm more like a smart ass, but you know, we can call it sass, however it is. But that's where we got the name. Well, where I got the name, I say we. I'm just going to start including all of whoever is listening, if anyone is part of the we here. So that's where we got the name. And, you know, it is what it is. And that's what I'm going with for now. It'll probably stay. Or if it's like, any of my other ventures in life, it'll have seven name changes before I find something I actually like, or it'll just keep changing constantly because I'm terrible at creating one brand and sticking with it. Because, you know, I should probably keep everything all together, like my blog. I blog at Mountain Mamas, which I don't like anymore. I started that when I lived back in Georgia and wanted, I thought, you had to be more wholesome in order to get anywhere in life and that... You had to be all praise Jesus with, there's not, there's nothing wrong with Jesus. I'm just not the biggest religious person that there ever was. But I thought that in order to be a good person and to have people like me and to do anything else, that that's what I had to be. And that's what I had to do. I've since learned otherwise, but you know, life lessons. Um, so that'll probably change one of these days. But for now, I blog at Mountain Mama's. And then my farm, you know, Sage Meadows Farm. I could have thrown this under the farm name, but maybe keep it separate for now. Maybe it'll come together later on. Who knows? And yeah, that's that's the name here. So a little bit of background on me. 
first off, I don't think I actually introduced myself, you guys. My name is Kayla, and I have been full-time homesteading for three years now, but I've been in the farming community for like 14 years, 13, 14 years, for a while. However old my dog is. Bella, how old are you? She doesn't know. I think she's 13 or 14. I've had her since she was born, but since I was a teenager, I've been in the farming community. Um, oh, my nose is also up. You guys, allergies. I finally hit the time here and I've got, I got some allergies going on. Um, so background on me. I started, well, I've always loved farming. My grandfather uh, grew up on a farm in Texas, a little German tiny town in Texas, and didn't speak English for the longest time. And, you know, he actually left that life to um, become a computer engineer guy and worked for NASA. And, you know, it was awesome. But he always, I remember always, like, the stories he told me that he, you know, like, the best times of his life were always on the farm. Like, he enjoyed the computer side of stuff, and it made him money. And really, it made my grandmother happy. Like, let's be for real. He did that shit for her, not for anything else. <laughs> I mean, he enjoyed it, and he was a smart man. But he really enjoyed farming, and, you know, I always grew up on the stories of his farm in Texas and how he would uh, drive the plow horses and their little cistern and stories about his mom making homemade noodles and draping them over the back of chairs at their little farmhouse and how they didn't have cold storage. They just had a little root cellar and all of these farm stories. And since I was a little kid, it's always what I've wanted. I've always wanted to have a farm. And then on my, uh, my grandmother's side, so I was really close with my mom's side of the family, not so much my dad's. Like, I'm close with them, but not as close. Um, my parents got divorced when I was young, and I spent all my time with my mom's side of the family. Uh, but on my grandmother's side of the family, you know, her mom and dad owned a farm in Texas as well. That's where they're from originally. And I w would go spend my summers on the farm. It was a little cattle farm in... Oh, I cannot even remember the name of the town. Tyler? Tyler, Texas, maybe? I think it's Tyler. Um, but they had a little cattle farm there, and, and by little, I mean a few hundred acres. Uh, and I'd go spend my summers there, and I remember spending all the time in the pasture and running around the house and with all the barn animals or helping my papa out in the garden. That's my great-grandfather. Or um, sitting on the porch and uh, snapping peas, just... I remember that and I remember how much I loved it and it was always a good time. I was always so excited to go to my family in Texas and see them and all of that. And you know, we have a lot of other family that's out there that do other kind of farmy things. Uh, I've got some family that raises gators for things and um, they do nuisance gator hunting and so I've been there and I've helped out with that and I've, I've just always grew, grew up around a farming idea, but where I lived, I used to live in Georgia, and I lived um, in the suburbs of Atlanta for a while, and no place to farm there, nothing like that. And my family, like my immediate family, wasn't necessarily supportive of the idea of me wanting to farm or homestead or anything like that. I was always told that I needed to be a doctor or, you know, a computer engineer or something that's going to make money that farming was not going to do anything for me. 
and that I needed a college degree to be a good person and a productive person in society. And and as a kid, I believed it. I know now that that's shit. It took me 23 years to figure that out. 24 years? 24 years to figure that out. Because um, I think I'm 27 now. You guys, after I turned 21... I didn't keep track of birthdays. I'm I'm like 26 or 27. I don't know. 1993. What's this year? 2020. Uh, yeah. I'm however old that is. But um so when I was when I was 14, you know, my family, well my grandmother and my grandfather got me a horse. Um and it wasn't so much as like for me to get into farming as it was for me to have a horse and be like a fancy horse rider, you know, like, hey, look at the things money can buy you. Go have a good job and make money and don't do farming. Uh, but little did they know that it would only, only stoke my passion for farming. So we boarded this horse at a facility in Georgia. And the lady that owned the barn, I'm not going to use names because, you know, I haven't asked for permission or anything like that. But the lady that owned the facility, we're going to call her Pam just because we can. Um, she taught me so much about hard work and working for the things that you want and that you don't have to have this amazing education in order to have a wonderful life and be happy with your life. In order to be happy with your life. She taught me how to care for all the animals. I mean... We joked, my sister and I joked, we were her little ducklings. We followed her all around the farm, uh, like everywhere, just, just little ducklings. Whatever Pam said, almost, almost screwed up there. I'll probably have to go back and edit that. Whatever Pam said, we followed and we listened and we soaked up everything that she had to say. She had all of this knowledge and all of these like old timer sayings and stuff like that. And she's, she's not that old, but you know, she just grew up in that life and that mentality and so we learned about horses and we learned about training horses and starting gardens and growing flowers and all of that stuff. How to amend the soil and what you need to do to create the best garden. How often to water your vegetable garden and how to care for livestock. You know, she had chickens and then eventually she got some cows that she was using for roping and they had babies. And so we learned about cattle and just complete I completely immersed myself in it my sister not quite as much as me but I was so happy in the summers when I wasn't in school I was there at seven o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock at night just I mean even if she wasn't there I would just do anything and everything that I could on that farm I would work with my horse I there was a couple other horses I could play with and work with I would work in the vegetable garden. I'd go clear trails for the horses. I'd work in with a regular garden that she had some of the flowers. I would just soak up every bit of knowledge that she could give me. And really, she is one of those... She changed my life. She's one of those people that just completely changed my life. Um, so that was my high school years. I spent pretty much all high school there at the farm, working and learning and doing all of that. And then, um, because my family wanted me to, I started college. I would have really liked to have gone for agriculture, um, but it wasn't necessarily a thing unless I was going to do pre-vet. You know, my family was paying for college, and 
and going for agriculture would not have been cool for them. They wouldn't have liked it. Um, so I went and I went for biology and I found some botany classes that were part of biology and I took those. I took every botany class I was able to because I just wanted to know more about growing things and farming and caring for the land. And so we didn't have at my college, we did not have agriculture classes there, but botany was the closest thing I could get. So I, I did everything I could to learn all that I could. And a lot of it was not geared towards the farming side of stuff, but I always asked questions. My botany teacher was amazing. I always asked questions about it and she would be more than happy to talk to me and tell me about different things and how to do different things. So I really enjoyed that. I took about two and a half, two, two years, two years of botany and just learned all that I could. Um, and then I was a dumb college kid who ended up getting pregnant. Not that I regret it. I love my children to pieces. I had twins. So that was a lot. Um, I had twins when I was 20 years old, boy and a girl, and I love them to pieces. And I got married and I shouldn't have. I know that now looking back, I should not have fucking got married at 20 years old. Very few people are ready to make that commitment, especially today. We're just learning who we are and I shouldn't have done it, but I did it and I became a stay at home mom, which I loved and hated because I was in a city ish area and I couldn't, I couldn't do a lot. I stayed home with the kids all day, every day. And I had to clean house and take care of two kids and I had no outlet. I am not an indoor person. Not at all. I need to be outside all the time. I don't do good inside. And I was inside for three years, almost three years. And I hated it. I loved my kids. I hated being inside. Um, but during that time, I was also working and volunteering at a hippotherapy center, which was so much fun. And it was like my getaway. I could go be and work with animals and work with kids that had disabilities and it was awesome. Um, so I, after, when my kids were about three years old, I had a friend who lived in Montana and he was like, Hey, I am looking for someone that would like to come out and, you know, help out. I want, I'm buying this property. I want someone that can manage it and run a boarding facility. It's 50 acres. And I was like, sign me the fuck up. I am there. I will move right now. Um, so I did. I moved from Georgia to Montana. I moved across the country and I was like, yes, thank you. This is what I want. I want to be able to work outside. I want, I want my kids to grow up outside. I don't want to be inside all the time. So I was here, I was in Montana and I was going to start living this, but my husband at the time didn't want that. And we didn't get along for other reasons, which, you know, we were, um, like we're still friends and all of that. So I'm not going to talk about that because it's not, it's not that important. Um, we just weren't, we weren't suited. We got married young. We were both growing up. We were both learning who we were and we are two different people. We want two different things. And living somewhere that snowed for half the damn year was not on his list. And it was on mine. I hate the heat. Right now it's like 90 degrees outside and I am dying. Especially because we don't have air conditioner. Oh, it's awful without air conditioning. I hate it. But I'm surviving. I just 
lay on the floor for half the damn day. Um, but yeah, so I moved up here and we got a divorce and you know, the kids are fine. We've got our parenting plan figured out. I'm sure we'll end up talking about that one of these days on the podcast. Who knows? But they're fine. They're happy. They love the farm. They love going to see their dad and their family in Georgia. Um, and part of the other reason I moved across the damn country. And if my family's listening, honestly, zero fucks that I give. I left my family. I left them because they wanted different things for me. They weren't supportive of what I wanted. It was not a healthy family relationship. And I don't talk with them and I don't regret it. So I'm a huge fan of cutting out toxic people in your life. And if that's what you want to do, you do it. If someone is toxic, you you just tell them no and you leave them. You don't need that. There's so many better people out there and regardless of if they're related to you or not or whatever they say to you, like, if they don't treat you right, you don't need them in your life. So I learned that and I moved across the country and it's been wonderful. Um, I've got my human now here and he is wonderful. He doesn't want a homestead though, really. Like that's my dream and I'm totally okay with it. I do most of the work on the farm by myself. Uh, I take care of all the animals. I do all of the gardening. I do the majority of the fencing. I mean, it's pretty much on me. He likes to get involved when he can use the big tools like the skid steer or the tractor. He is all over that because, you know, we're building fences and <laughs> and we got to put posts in the ground. He's like, wait, wait, I'm going to buy a skid steer and rent a post pounder. And I'm like, all right, babe, you do that. It'll help. It'll be helpful because the first little pin that I did, I hand dug or we got we actually rented a um, an auger and so half of the post we hand dug well I hand dug and then the other half I used an auger on which pretty much was hand digging because a lot of Montana is the rockiest ground you have ever seen ever and using an auger you go like two inches and then hit a giant rock that you have to dig out by hand then you go another two inches and you have another giant rock that you have to dig out by hand so yeah, augering was pretty much hand digging. So we got this post pounder and man, that shit is a game changer. Knocked out like three fence lines in a day with those posts. Oh, it is my best friend. I love it. Um, if I wasn't already in a relationship, I would marry this good steer. I'm not kidding. I love that piece of equipment. It is my absolute favorite. And we're getting like a, we're going to rent this rock picker attachment for it too. Like I said, we have really rocky ground and go over like so much of the pasture land and all of the land around the house and pull up some of the rocks. And it's going to be awesome. I'm so, so excited about that. So yeah, um, so I've got my human now and I'm over here homesteading and just... Just going along every day, making it work. Um, we started with, like, the land was fenced. My barn was not finished. It's still not finished. The house was not finished. It definitely is not finished because all of the outside stuff comes first for me. So, you know, I'm living in a half-finished house. Um, if you're in my group, in my Facebook group, it's only for women. Sorry, any guys that may or may not be listening to this. It's a ladies-only club right now. Um, but it... <laughs> I'm sure you'll see lots of pictures and videos of my half-finished house. Oh, oh my god. Okay. I have the best story about my half-finished house. So, the people that we bought this place from did a lot of the work on their own. But, so I, I feel like, because there was like this guy, 
and his wife and like their 12 million children. Like they had so many kids. I don't even know how many. Like I to this day find little kids shoes outside in the yard. It's crazy. But this guy worked a lot. He ran like a machine shop and I'm pretty sure he had his kids who none of them were like over the age of 12 doing most of the work on the property. So we get here and we start finishing up the upstairs because the upstairs where we live was completely unfinished. The only part of this house actually that is that was finished was the kitchen. Um, but the flooring was shit also. Got to redo all of that one of these days. So we are finishing off the upstairs. There's two huge bedrooms up there, both with a bathroom and like this big common area kind of thing where they were using for homeschooling for their kids. Um, so we finished off one of the bedrooms for the most part and we got the bathroom in and the shower and the toilet and the sink and all of that stuff. And we had someone renting up there. And th they never thought to bring it up that the toilet wasn't flushing properly and that the shower water backed up for months. They never they never thought that it was a big deal. Ever. This person was complete scum, by the way. There will be a there will be a whole podcast on trusting shitty people renting your property, um, but they just they they never thought it was a big deal that they could not flush the toilet or that the shower backed up or water backed up in the sink. Like, never said anything to us. We had no idea that there were any problems until one day I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking dinner, and I notice. There's water dripping from the ceiling. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? And it gets stronger and stronger. And like, like it's constantly dripping. And I have buckets underneath the ceiling. And I notice this water is not just like clear water. It's not like a water line that's busted. No, it's this nasty, foul-smelling, brown-tinged water. And I sit here and I'm like, oh, no, no, this is not fucking happening. And so I quickly call up my human and I'm like, hey, babe, I got some bad fucking news for you. Like there is shit water currently dripping out of the ceiling. So at this point, this girl is like on our like getting get her out of the house like she had a little rv camper and we're like go go live in your damn camper thing and so we go up there and we take a shop vac because you know it's a wet dry shop vac we take the toilet off and we put the shop back on there because we want to vacuum out as much of whatever we can in those pipes as possible so we vacuum out the pipes to the best of our ability it was like three shop vacs full that we vacuumed out of there and so we start cutting open the ceiling in the kitchen. And you guys, we had a shit explosion. It was everywhere. It was just, it was disgusting. It was so, it was like all over the countertop. We had this nice wood butcher block countertop. And there is just shit water all over it. And, you know, we're in this farm. We're like, fuck it. We're just gonna, we're just gonna take it all down. And so we get in there and we're looking at these pipes and it's like a damn roller coaster. They're like up, down, all around. Nothing is level. Nothing is pointing, like nothing is on a declining angle to go down into the drain. It's like at an upward hill. Like, no wonder 
there is shit all over the kitchen because these people didn't know how to install dang piping at all. Well, the, the guy let the kids do it, I'm pretty sure. So we're like, all of the ceiling is ripped out in the kitchen. We're bleaching everything. I mean, bleaching just, oh God, it was disgusting. It was so disgusting. And I mean, we didn't use the kitchen for like two months after that. It was so gross. Oh my God. And, and so we're over there cleaning all of this up and trying to get this done. And meanwhile, we realized they didn't even run all of the water lines properly up there. They didn't do anything right. And so my kitchen still doesn't have a freaking ceiling because uh, there's still shit we have to do up there. But we have too many other things going on. But yeah, that was disgusting. It was awful. It was... I never want to deal that with that again. And we finally pulled out all those pipes and redid them and got the right angle, you know, and all of that. There was like kids toys shoved down there, like cars and pencils and there was like a ruler and who knows what else there was a whole bunch of crap that was just blocking it up from the kids that had lived here previously that just shoved everything they could down in those pipes so that was that was so much fun and that's what happens when you buy a house that's not completed and you don't have uh, because like it was like a shop turned into a house, so there's really, like, no home inspection or anything. We pretty much bought the property, not the house. So, no inspecting going on on it. So, yeah, that's what happens when you do that. Fair warning, if you're looking at homesteading and you're buying from a person and not, like, a real estate company, that's probably going to happen to you. Or something just as crazy, because God knows what else happens. Like, our electric's all messed up. Oh. It's a mess, but we're working on it. It's a work in progress. That's part of homesteading, honestly. Um, and it's it can be frustrating, but, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, that's that's my homestead story. Don't I hope I hope I don't turn you off of homesteading with that. You know, maybe maybe you won't have such a bad experience. I know there's a lot of people that have great experiences. And I mean, I love my house. Otherwise, my kitchen is gorgeous. I have the best wood cook stove on this planet. I adore that thing. Uh, it goes all winter long because we don't have heat, just like we don't have air conditioning. So our house is heated by wood stove in the winter. And we get winters, you know, winter starts in September here. Um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been a learning experience because it's not like Georgia at all. So I've had three years to learn all of the differences and all of that and this year I have my first fall garden going which I'm super excited about and I think I will do next week's podcast on fall gardening and all of the joys that go with that here in a zone 4b to 3b because it just really depends on the year as to what zone we are this year we're supposed to have a really wet nasty cold winter because of the La Nina coming in so we'll see uh, but yeah that's that's it and I think that's where I'll end this podcast for today. I'm hoping to do a weekly podcast, but we'll see what happens because I don't know about my time. I'm really bad at time management because, well, I do most of the farming alone and it really just depends on whatever the hell happens on the farm. How many horses run through how many fences that week or how many cows escape or how often I'm chasing a goat through the yard. Um, so it just depends. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But thank you guys for joining me today and listening to my shitsplosion story. Uh, I have plenty of other terrible stories that have happened and a lot of really good ones. Like, I have tons of good things. 
Uh, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't enjoy it. But yeah, I will catch all of you guys later. And I hope you enjoyed this. Alright, bye.